Welcome back to episode seven of Next Wealth Insights and our second series. We're going to be hearing from Adam Smith today. Adam is Chief Product Officer at Fairstone, and he's going to share his thoughts on a fresh thinking for acquisitions. Fairstone's obviously one of the most active acquirers of financial advice businesses. So Adam will talk about JAM and their approach to integrations. Uh, morning, everyone. Um, I'm really excited about today when I found out where the venue was, because it's the first time in my 25-year career that I spoke to my mother, and she got genuinely excited about what I was doing when I said I was here. <laughs> um, and it was the site of the Christmas lectures. Uh, and then she killed my mood by saying, but Adam, it's not Christmas. <laughs> um, so thanks for the feedback, Mum. But I really want to talk about something. And, and Heather said to me, you know, what I want you to do is take a fresh approach to acquisitions. And I was like, yeah, thanks for that, Heather. That's great. Uh, I'm not sure what to work with. So I thought given that, you know, Faraday has stood here and done wonderful things, you've had Attenborough standing here and doing equally wonderful things. So I wanted to come up with something absolutely mind-blowingly amazing. And I came up with a blank. So instead, what I'm going to talk to you about is jam jars. <laughs> All right. And specifically, it's been mentioned a couple of times already, actually, about choice. So um, there was a famous study uh, done in around 2000. Uh, two US business school professors... Uh, Leper and Iinga from Columbia and Stanford, and they did a, an experiment with jam jars, and they set up two stands on different days, and they varied it for multiple time frames and events. Uh, on one day, they had 24 jams, and on the other day, they had six jams. And what they wanted to look at is how people responded to that choice. And the 24 jams got more interest, but which one do you think more people ended up buying jam from? The six. Right. So what I want to talk to you today is because where we are within the acquisition landscape is there are more than 24 options. 31, 35, depending on what day. Um, every day you get bombarded with someone's bought some. So my job today really is to try and take you down from that 24 jam jar to the six jam jars. Um, and I want to do that through following something that most of you will recognise. How many financial planners in the room, financial advisors? Right. This process looks familiar? Yeah, you'll have a variation of that, okay? And what I find really amazing is when we talk to firms that join Fairstone or, or effect, effectively thinking about joining Fairstone, is very few of them have ever taken a financial planning process, so a process of discovery, analysis, designing a plan, implementing a plan and reviewing it, and done it for themselves or their own business. So what I want to do for the next couple of minutes is just talk you through those stages and try and give you something at each one of those stages to make you think a little bit differently about the acquisition landscape. Because I think what's happening is there's too much of an assumption that it's there for the retiring advisor. You know, it's for someone who's a little bit older that's at the end of their career. And I genuinely don't think that's the case. I think the acquisition landscape is much more relevant to any financial planner at any point within their careers. Um, but the first bit we've got to do is do some analysis. So I wanted to give you a simple one. Um, I was worried when Heather put up that XY scatter that she'd already nicked this, but, but it's got different axes, so we're okay. And, and what I've got here is, is asset consolidation at the bottom and integration on the top. And you've got four boxes. Now, there's a hell of a lot of complexity, and this is a simplification, but it works. Broadly, what you've got when you talk to any potential acquirer, any potential consolidator, is they're going to ask you to do one of two things to varying degrees. One would be perhaps move the assets, so consolidate those assets to a platform, an investment proposition, a fund. And the other one is they're going to ask you to integrate and integrate and do something different. 
And when you're looking at it as a planner, as someone that might be thinking about being acquired or looking into the future about being acquired, it's really important to look at those two axes and ask yourself a question. Now, there's no right or wrong. In the same way as most financial plans, there's no right or wrong, apart from maybe investing in Credit Suisse a couple of months ago. Um, but there's no right or wrong when it comes to this. And it will depend on the fundamental question that you need to ask yourself. So if you take that bottom left-hand box, this, this one which is low integration, low asset consolidation, the obvious question is what's the business model? Because if someone's going to acquire you and they're not going to ask you to integrate and they're not going to ask you to add it, where's the value add? So particularly if you're then being acquired and you're being paid in stock, what's that going to be worth in the future? How do you give yourself the confidence? If you move across to the right, traditional asset consolidation, no integration at all, we're just going to move the clients. That's great, but just make sure you've asked yourself the question, are the clients being looked after? Can I make sure I reassure them? If I bump into them, am I going to be confident they're getting that good outcome? And then that top right hand, high integration, high asset consolidation, just ask yourself the question, that's a hell of a lot of work, both for the clients and for you as a business, you've got to go a lot through. And then that top left hand box, high integration, low asset consolidation, and spoiler, that's where Fairstone would sit ourselves, um, is very much that we're going to ask you to do a lot to integrate. We're not going to ask you to move the assets. We're absolutely fine where they are. We'll work with you over time. But we're not going to ask you to consolidate the assets, but we are going to ask you to integrate. And the biggest challenge that we have with firms joining us, particularly principals that join us, is actually what integration means. Because everyone signs up, and we were talking about the, the, the big comedy check that they look at, but there's some pain that you're going to take, because integration is always painful. Never let anyone tell you that's not going to be the case. We're very honest with our firms that there's going to be at least six months of pain, and it takes about two years to properly integrate a firm. So you've got those questions of each one, but hopefully that's starting to show you that rather than these 31, 35 acquirers, consolidators that look different, you're starting to put them into some options that you can take. And then the second bit is a bar chart. Alistair loves a bar chart. It's not one from Voyant. Uh, it's a little bit simpler. Um, but the second thing is just to think about modelling what that income is going to look. It's not just about that primary capital payment. So when you're looking at uh, how much income you're going to make as an, uh, as an acquired firm or an acquired advisor, is don't just think about that primary. Think about the earnout. One of the things we're really proud of is the fact that all of our firms, without exception, have earned more following the completion of the earnout than they expected to. So above 100%. So it's not just about that first number, it's about what's going to follow in that secondary. And then particularly if you're a younger advisor or you're a principal of a firm who's actually thinking about the people in that business, what's then going to happen to those people going forward in terms of tertiary income? So how's that going to look? So make yourself a plan, and then the most important thing about a plan is you then review it. Right? So this is something that any financial planning business, any financial advice business can do, is look at that and start modelling their own plan, how that looks and what it's going to do. And then just to try and give you what that plan implementation might look. So this is just an example. This is what we describe within Fairstone as our five layers of value. And that's how we would articulate what any acquired firm or potentially acquired firm should think about. So only one of those is that primary capital, that first payment. You've then got of equal importance the earnout what's going to happen, then you've got ongoing remuneration. During that integration phase, during that earnout, it's really important that you look at what you're going to receive as a principal, as a financial planner, as a firm. And then there's the ability to then share in the profits. You know, advice businesses are profitable. We only buy profitable advice businesses. We don't care about the asset size. It's about the profit flow. Um, that's going to carry on generating a profit. And because we can add the efficiency because of that integration, that profit grows and you should obviously get a share of it. 
And then the last bit is that we can access capital at a relatively, relatively affordable cost. Um, that was a lot easier 12 months ago. Um, but ultimately, we've got that acquisition capital. So we've got one of our firms up in the northwest who's actually going to go and start up their second business. So two younger guys, cracking example that they, that they sold to us within that phase uh, when they were both in their early 40s, but they want to do more. They've enjoyed it so much, they're going to go again, start a new business, and we've got the ability to provide them that capital. So just from an implementation of a plan perspective, that's just something different to think about, starting again to move us from those 24 jams to the six jams. And then the last one is I wanted to give you a number at the end. Um, this isn't a profit multiple, um, because actually, although we're nine times multiple that we'd offer, you should think a lot more because you've got those extra layers. But when uh, Iyengar and Lipper completed their study, this is broadly what they concluded. They concluded that actually, if you get the choice architecture right, so if we can articulate this story in terms of an acquiring firm, that we actually are 10 times more likely to get someone to make that decision, to get someone to move and potentially give their clients a future home, give themselves a better outcome, uh, and make sure that there's something there to go forward. I think someone touched on the earlier panel that it's incredibly important that we look about from a stewardship perspective of how we make sure these firms, these outcomes that they're getting are massively long-term. So hopefully that's a different fresh take and the jam jars were relevant, um, but that 10 times thing is what I want you to remember because I think that's the bit that whether we're looking at acquiring or we're looking at any sort of choice if it comes up again, uh, it's a really powerful force to, to look at. Thank you very much. Adam is such an entertaining speaker. He was great as usual. His analogy about jam had me in fits of giggles at the conference and listening back to it was, was just as much fun. Emma, I'd love to hear your <laughs> thoughts on Adam's comments. Uh, well, I also thought it was hilarious and um, I would like to see Adam walking around a farmer's market or wherever a country fair um, and looking at his observation of jam. Maybe he'll send us a picture of that. But yeah, it was fantastic. Adam is a great speaker um, and he's also very passionate about um, what they do um, at Fairstone. There's a couple of things in Adam's presentation that I thought was really good and really relevant. Um, and he was saying just how important that it is when you are acquiring a firm, integrating a firm, you know, consolidating a firm or whatever label you want to put on it, that the integration of that firm is tricky. And he didn't try and colour that in. He said, um, it is tricky and it is painful and it takes a while. And as long as you have that conversation up front, um, it from what Adam was saying, that it actually pays dividends in the end because a number of the Fairstone firms have actually grown beyond where they thought they would be. Um, and again, that's, um, that's a great um, answer for, for a business, just being open as to the pain that they need to go through, but what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, I thought um, was great. And um, I also, and I can't stop thinking about this because I reviewed it earlier, um, is the Ask Paul advisor firm that they acquired over in Ireland. Um, and and it, was a, it wasn't about the business model that Adam was talking about, but what he was talking about is how 
Paul had managed to create through social media just a simple channel for anyone to just ask him a question. And it wasn't any in any detail or ask me a question about a pension or ask me if you're bothered about um, financial advice or what you're going to do with your money. It was literally ask Paul. And how great that was for Paul, um, because he got all sorts of questions. And um, and that is engaging with, we've heard lots and lots um, throughout the Next Wealth Live um, event about the consumer and engaging with that end consumer. And again, that's these are different ideas that people are um, looking at to just trial. Um, and I thought that was a really good one. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? And it's... Um I think Adam was really honest about that that challenge of integration, which is help. Right? It's really helpful, right? Because a lot of people talk about the um, financial rewards of selling, but but actually, I mean, we did an article a few weeks ago saying it's selling up, not selling out, because you're not selling out, you're not leaving, and that was the distinction. I think one of the distinctions Adam was drawing. Um, I think his his distinction between. Um, acquirers and or aggregators and consolidators is a useful one that we're using but I think it's also just really important to acknowledge that even the even the aggregators are still consolidating to some extent right they have people within those organizations who have an incentive to to move people to in-house Solutions, not necessarily in Fairstone, but in other firms that are acquiring that call themselves aggregators. They may be focusing on the integration of the process and the tech and all of that important, critical work, but we shouldn't kid ourselves. There is a shift in the investment proposition over time. It just doesn't happen on day There's one. There's an end game. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the people at Thread, I think, and we've written this, are the DFMs, because typically those large firms have their own discretionary permissions. They'll still need building blocks to, to populate those from asset managers. They'll exert more pricing power, but there's still a role to be played. But for DFMs that don't have partnerships with those big firms, they are really at threat um, when those firms are acquired because that can be turned off overnight. The platforms, it's hard to move assets, right? I'm not saying that's a great business model to make it hard to move assets, but the reality is it's hard to move assets. So even if the firm has its own platform, it typically takes some time. Often there's not a desire to move people off the platform, but the DFM can switch overnight, which is a a big threat to those firms. Um, From our consolidator and aggregator report, and I put up a, a slide and obviously people didn't see it who are listening to the podcast, it showed all the the consolidators operating out there. There were 44 acquirers over the last three years. And we're asked a lot if the pace of acquisition is slowing down. Um, And I think it's really interesting because there was, so in our report, we said there was 165 deals in the last three years. And that was to the end of March, 2023. 101 of those happened in 2022. Um, So how many in 2023? We looked at it this morning. So we're recording in London, late June, and there had been 41 acquisitions. So it looks like we're about on track for another year like 2022, which was seen as the peak by a lot of people. But actually the numbers suggest we might have another year like 2022 for acquisitions. Um, so I think I think there's still a lot of 
you know, road to go on consolidation I of the advisor market. I, I absolutely think there is. I mean, there's not a day goes by where we don't read something that someone um, has been acquired. But I, again, I think that what we're going to see as a result of our monitoring of the mergers and acquisitions of financial advice firms, those different integration um, challenges and what they've done about it. Maybe that's the next big debate for Next Wealth Live. Great idea, great idea, I love it. Feedback on speakers, always welcome. I love what you did there, plugging the 19th of March, 2024. And get your tickets online if you don't have them already. Thanks, Emma, fascinating conversation. Thanks, Heather.